0: guys welcome back to the baseball podcast and um we're here to discuss you know the the MLB playoffs you know in general i guess i would say but mainly we're here to have a little bit of a funeral for the Philadelphia Phillies uh it was oh it was not a good time to be a Phillies fan it was a great time to be a Phillies fan And then all of a sudden, that just came crashing to a halt. And next thing you know, it's a terrible time to be a Phillies fan. So um, for those of you who were not paying close attention, uh, obviously we didn't put out any episodes while any of this was happening. Um, Yesterday was game two of the World Series, so that's where we're at right now. Uh, For the Phillies, the Philliums, as I like to call them,
1: Uh... um,
0: they... Cruise through the wild card round, okay? The Marlins, eighty what five win team? Like, yeah, I mean they should cruise. The Braves, the vaunted Braves. That's that's an NLDS matchup that I think we relished as you know fans of sports, and you know as rivals of the Braves. But I got to be honest with you, going into that, I was like, dude, that's a tough one, like. I give the Phillies a little bit of an edge in starting pitching, but that's about it. And, um, yeah, history showed yet again that the Braves just don't have it when it comes to the Phillies in the playoffs because the 3-1, the Phillies hit a boatload of homers. My boy Nick Castellanos made a little bit of history, back-to-back multi-homer games, and the Phillies took care of the Braves very quickly. Do I have it all right so far, Ethan?
1: You've got it all right. So it really, it was a. It should have been a clean sweep if not for uh, bl- blowing it at the end of game two. They handled the Braves. They handled the Braves. a little
0: bit, you know. And honestly, you got to give the Braves a little bit of credit. They got a couple of mistakes, and they did what they were supposed to. Yeah, you know that I maintained the Austin Riley Homer. He was fooled on that pitch, and he's just a good enough hitter that he he managed to keep his weight back long enough that he. You know, he barreled it, and he put enough into it that he was able to hit it out. I mean, I think that that is more credit to Austin Riley than trash Jeff Hoffman for that. But, all that said, the Phillies were riding very high into the NLCS. As was a certain 84-win team, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, I don't want to say there was a lot of hubris in Philadelphia. Because I think that's an undersell. I think a lot of Phillies fans were looking at it like, oh, we, we got the D-backs.
1: Myself included. Yeah, what's I next? People were sitting there being like, oh, I'm going to pay attention to the AL like more than usual right now because I want to see who the Phillies will play in the World Series.
0: Right. Yeah. Terrible mindset to have. But listen, the Phillies just absolutely wasted the, what, 104-win Braves? The, the – Greatest offense of all time. I don't. I don't want to trash them too hard because they did have an incredible offense. But um, it seemed like, yeah, you know, was the eighty-four win D backs just not as good of a team? And uh, the Phillies have been handling teams better than them all year. So then, games one and two, the Phillies come out swinging. The Diamondbacks are not looking good. The Phillies go up 2-0 in the series very quickly. Philadelphia is dancing,
1: okay? Oh, it was over. Series yeah.
0: was over. And then, at the time, this didn't feel so fateful, but now it does. Because the series transitions to Arizona. And who? But owner of like a near-six ERA, Brandon Fott, rookie good stuff but did not have the world's best year comes out and we're looking at his era we're like dude i don't know ranger has the lowest era in mlb postseason history rangers at the time
1: he, well rangers he hard. does
0: not anymore ranger does great the phillies all of a sudden this team that was just demolishing homers all month just crushing everything you know what? They were crushing everything in the strike zone. And we're going to talk about this. But they kind of stopped getting pitches in the strike zone, and they did not stop trying to crush them. <laughs> and what happened was a dramatic, like, shocking level of falloff from the Phillies' offense. So for those of you who did not watch, this team – was hitting homers at an unbelievable pace i think they hit 18 homers in the first two rounds of the playoffs or something like that some wild number they were crushing and schwarber hadn't even gone off yet so it just looked like it was going to be like oh well here we go so game three brandon fought comes in throws what five strong or was it six i think it was
1: five i think it was like four and two thirds or so he was actually he was
0: nine k like Phillies did not touch him at all. They didn't even threaten. The Phillies only scored one run on a wild pitch in that game.
1: And they were set up to win.
0: They were, but what, what plagued the Phillies, which this kind of plagued them all year was that they could not get hits with runners in scoring position. They did great on the homers. They still even hit a decent number of homers, you know, even after the wheels came off, but you know, when they're solo shots, like, yeah, it's, you know, there's only so much that can do for you. Phillies fail to hit with score runners in scoring position. And um in comes. Uh, did Craig Kimbrell give up the tying run? Uh, or just...
1: here's, yeah, here's what, cause we're going to get onto Craig Kimbrell as people know, but. It started with Orion Kirkering, and I do not yes. I do not want to bash Orion Kirkering here because he's like 22, 23 years old. Yeah. Electric stuff went all the way from high A to the big leagues this year. And I think the thing to keep in mind, because we're looking on it with hindsight, going, Well, Kirkering blew it, which he sort of did. But here's the thing. He pitched in like three major league games before this. He pitched more than he ever had. in a a professional season. right? And he had
0: made playoff appearances, but he kept coming in in low leverage situations. Right,
1: and I think the most important thing, he hadn't gone back-to-back days all year. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you throw him into the fire. And I think heading into the playoffs, if you remember, Tom, Craig Kimbrell was pitching decently. He had, he was dancing out of trouble all September, but he was pitching. Yeah. Decently. He was, he
0: Decent. was uh, becoming known as cardiac Craig.
1: Yeah, he was, he was, but he was, he was pitching decently. Like he wasn't just like the walking blown save that he became in the playoffs. Right. Dominguez has been iffy all year, mm-hmm. but you know, he's, he's, He's something something you can use. Right. And the, Dominguez Jeff, Jeff Hoffman is
0: still look, Dominguez, Hoffman, Alvarado, and I guess Kimbrell were like the high leverage guys. So like they're the guys that you want to see being sharp, you know, in the playoffs. Yeah. Like,
1: Hoffman became the guy like, and, and, yeah. and the way that the game, you know, the state of the game these days is that, you know, you don't save your best pitcher for the ninth inning in the playoffs. You use using to put out the fire. That's what Jeff Hoffman was. He was the, mm-hmm. he was the first right-hander up when he needed, you know, when you needed to get outs. which is the way it should have been. Yeah. And so if you remember going into the playoffs, it was sort of, you know, this mindset of like the left, like left-handers, you got covered. Alvarado's been amazing. Strom has been rock solid. Gregory Soto's iffy, but he could do some things. And then you could use like Christopher Sanchez in relief if you had to, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the right-handers were like, Kimbrel, you can still kind of rely on. Dominguez should be good. Hoffman's been electric. And then Kirkering's like this sort of like X factor. Like he's sort of the secret weapon of like, Hey, maybe we can use him against some teams that haven't seen him and, and you know, get some outs when we need to. And mm. all of a sudden, he became like Rob Thompson's like second guy out of the bullpen because it became like Kimbrell's coming in for the ninth. Hoffman's the first right hander off, you know, out of the bullpen, and then and then it's like Kirkering because you can't trust Dominguez right now, right? Yeah, I don't, know, uh, I don't Dominguez Thompson for that because like I don't know, I don't know what a better way to do that would be because Craig Kimbrell quickly became untru- untrustworthy. Hoffman was Hoffman; he was amazing, yeah. and, and Dominguez was was iffy too. So like. I don't know what the solution here is, but this really, like, let's just get into it. This really comes down like my biggest issue with the Phillies in this series. I shouldn't say that because the biggest issue with the Phillies is they stopped hitting, but like it figured out all the flaws in the roster construction that have been covered up by the hitting up to that point. Does that make sense? So like the, the way that I view it is, the bullpen was electric just until it wasn't, you know what I mean? Until Craig Kimbrel just turned back into a pumpkin. I was listening to a, a Phillies podcast with Matt Gelb and this other guy today. And mm. the way that he described it was, was uh, he described it as the glass slipper of Andrew Bellotti. And that's exactly what it is. Like mm. Andrew Bellotti was amazing last year and then he just wasn't. And that's right. exactly what it's been with Craig Kimbrel. Like throughout the summer, he was actually pretty good. He made the all-star team and then he just turned right back into Craig Kimbrell. And so it's like Dominguez, you didn't expect to be this, you know, this bad this year. He be he turned into like a believer, right. essentially. So like he wasn't trustworthy. You really only had Hoffman to go to when you needed to put out fire. And then the next moment Alvarado. No, I'm talking about right hander. Sorry. Oh okay. But but th- then it became really like the second most trustworthy right hander, sort of, is like Orion Kirkering because like mm-hmm. Dominguez just walks way too many guys. Kimbrel just could not be trusted. Yeah. Like who else so- got? Like you, like like you can't use Lorenzen, you can't use Taiwan Walker. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's Orion Kirkering. And if you think about it, like they were blessed to have Orion Kirkering. Even like, yeah, he didn't show up in the playoffs, but like that's he's twenty two years old. Like, what do you want him to do? Yeah, like yeah. if Orion Kirkering hadn't burst onto the scene in the end of September, it would have been Kimbrell, Dominguez, Hoffman, and then I don't know, like Don. Yeah, open. probably like, Lorenzen. He's, he's, yeah, like Junior Marte or something. Like it wouldn't have been good. So like it point it. it I can go on about roster construction for a little while because we're going to get into the outfield. But, like, yeah, the Phillies, like, this, it, this came down to it a lot in this series. The Phillies needed to do more of the trade deadline, and they just didn't. Like, okay, Michael Lorenzen was, like, kind of nice to have in the middle of the season. He he like, he like was not getting playoff in it. He was, he was doing mop-up work. Like, you needed to get a yeah. high-leverage high arm, kind of like Paul Seawald, who was shutting down the Phillies. You know what I mean? Right. Like, really nice to have. But even that, like, okay, you don't need to get, like, the best reliever on the market, but you need to get a guy who, like, could do something and and that just isn't what they did and right. then they could have used another bat and they got rodolfo castro who wasn't on the playoff roster
0: right rodolfo castro who also is you know he is in the most technical
1: way possible a bat i mean i'm fine with rodolfo castro like i think he's like a little bit intriguing and they gave up bailey falter who just probably was never going to pitch for right who, do- who doesn't matter yeah so that's fine he's like optionable rec- roster depth that's fine but mm-hmm. I mean, do we just want to get stuck on this right now about roster because I want to go Well,
0: off- I mean let's finish out the the, the crash real quick. Yeah, we yeah. can we can kind of fast forward through a lot of this. But long story short, uh game three, Orion Kirkring comes in, not effective, hands over the lead immediately. And then uh, the Phillies continue to fail to score. They go to the ninth, Kimbrell loads the bases instantly, and new Phillies Nemesis Catel Marte got like his third hit of the day walk That's off single and like, all right, all right. Two one. All right. Fair enough. Game two, Phillies get out to a five nothing lead. They're game actually four. like getting game hits. Four. What was that? Game four. Yeah. Sorry. Game four. Phillies get out to five nothing lead actually like getting hits with runners and scoring position a little bit, you know, kind of moving the chains. Um, Game four was it that was the Christopher Sanchez start right yeah so they go to the bullpen kind of early because Sanchez has not thrown in a while and you know that's also just what the game is now and the bullpen you know they they start off doing okay they're holding the lead but then uh <laughs> the wheels kind of started to come off in the later innings capped off by a very painful Game tying Homer from
1: Alec Thomas. And then if you remember after that game tying Homer Topper left in to put, I think, two more runners on, which was right. like, that was like the one real mismanagement that I was like, yo, me sitting at home can be managed, you know what I mean? Like doesn't right. have it, get him out of there. Um, that was the one thing that I thought Rob Thompson was just completely inept like during the season. I don't I didn't understand that at all. Um, yeah. But other than that, people like to place blame on the feet of the manager. same like, you know, head coach of football, same thing. I don't, I don't think Rob Thompson was perfect in this series, but I don't think he's the reason the Phillies lost. It was game four was like the one thing that I was like, okay, Craig Kimbrell blew it you have alvarado up and ready just bring him in and save the game you know what i mean like that it's a five right. five a of extras who knows what's going to happen you know what i mean like i'd rather take my chances with michael Lorenzen and extras than with craig yeah. right now and can okay. i get stuck on one thing really fast okay it's been happening all year this isn't just, just a playoff issue but it, it bit the phillies really badly it's not just craig kimbrell but he's like the the poster boy of this right you're an adult I'm talking to Craig Kimbrell here. You're an adult. I think he's 35 years old. He's like a future Hall of Famer. He's been in the league for like 12 years. Figure out how to pitch with pitch clock. Like I don't care what it is. If you got to stop doing your vulture thing, whatever. Yeah. If I'm really sick of watching it go down to one and then like, like I think I don't know if he said this or if it was just sort of like assumed by like the media, but like Craig Kimbrell just doesn't care. Like he was, you know, he's like whatever. I'll just do right. get a ball. I got a ball. Like I'm doing my routine. Yeah. You're an adult, man. Like figure it out. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you know, I think you know, keep just earning balls and really fast just because they're connected control the running game. Like look, yeah,
0: I was I was going to mention that uh I think his refusal to control the running game is probably an offshoot of the fact that back when he was the most elite closer in baseball by a wide margin, he probably didn't have to deal with it that much because he struck out like 16 dudes for 9 now that he doesn't really do that anymore it's like well dude yeah it's time to learn how to control the running game you know
1: well i think i think the pitch clock probably compounding matters because every single time he rides it right down to 1 second which right. is infuriating so- but when there's nobody on base fine whatever as long as you're getting the pitch off but once you have a runner on base and you ride it down to 1 second every time first of all you're really easy to time and second of all you're not giving yourself any time to like look the runner back. You know what I mean, like that sort of thing. Right. You're literally like you're just you're just telegraphing every move, and he's also not quick to the plate. Like it just everything about it was infuriating. So it really got to the point, especially with the Diamondbacks, like later on in the series, where it was just if anybody gets on against Craig Kimbrel, it's a triple.
0: Yeah, they're they're just gonna steal set. Like, Lourdes Gurriel stole a base like easily, and like Aaron Moreno Gour-
1: stole a base.
0: Yeah, like these are not fast guys. Like Lourdes Gurriel's not slow, but he's not like a a burner. Like if if Corbin Carroll steals off you're like fair enough. Corbin Carroll wasn't
1: the one wasn't the one running. I think he stole one base in Game Seven.
0: Yeah, because he wasn't like on base that much. But I I suspect the Kimbrell's issues are going to be all holdovers from you know what dude when you strike out two out of every three batters like yeah you're you don't have to get that good at controlling the running game because it's not going to come up that often
1: well but, but like I'm, I'm not really particularly interested in why just right
0: do, yeah like you're a professional well, athlete you're an adult what it comes down just to do. is like you're, yeah you're a professional athlete and also you're not that guy anymore <laughs> like
1: but if honest, Kimbrel... I mean, even if he was that guy like even if he even if he did have like a one five era and he was punching out everybody it still would be infuriating like it's like yeah. you're like this is your full time job. Like you have nothing else mm. to do. Well then then it would be more out. like
0: it would be more like fun and it would be more
1: tolerable. Yeah. yeah. Still like locking down every game and it was just annoying, you'd be like, ah Craig Kimberly, that's like ah, come on. But like right. when you're games because of it, it's infuriating. But but my mm-hmm. point is like you're an adult, like this is your prof- like this is your profession. Just do it. You know right.
0: what I mean? Yeah. It was the same thing with NOLA with the pitch clock earlier in the year.
1: But NOLA like, made adjustments. Like, that's why yeah. he was put in the playoffs. And I will say one more thing in defense of Aaron NOLA. Aaron NOLA was excellent in the wild card round. He was excellent in the NLDS. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I think he was excellent in the NLDS. He was yeah, excellent he was. in game two against the Diamondbacks. And then in game six, he was not excellent. But I will say this in defense of Aaron NOLA. One, okay, he had one bad start in four. That happens. But also yeah. – he, he did that Aaron Nola thing where just in an instant, they, they like they strung a bunch of hits together. Like it was two solo homers, yeah. and then, I think a single and then a double to score his third run. Mm. So that was infuriating to watch Aaron Nola. But then he shut it down. Like that yeah. – like the like, regular season, Aaron Nola, that snowballs. He gives up six earned runs and goes three innings. Like – I think he went about well, like five innings or something. Like uh, I think he went four point one or two okay. and he
0: gave up four because he did give up another run. Later oh, yeah, that's in,
1: right. In in inherited, outing. inherited his scored. Yeah. So like it was not a good outing, and like, yeah, he could have won them the game if he pitched better. But like that wasn't like a horrendous outing. The Phillies just had no chance. Like that came down right. to like they weren't hitting still. You know what I mean? Like the Phillies should have put yeah. up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was a winnable
1: game, you know. Yeah, Merrill Kelly just stymied them.
0: Yeah. Which we are getting to, because uh So game four, the Phillies bullpen blows it. The D-backs rally late. Gabriel Moreno hit a a single off. Jose Alvarado to score one of Kimbrell's, you know, many base runners. So the D-backs win. Series is tied. Game five, Zach Wheeler comes out, shuts it down. The Phillies get two homers. They get one from Schwarber and one from Harper. Three, two Phillies. We're going home. We're like, dude, I feel great about this. I feel great about this. The Phillies have been destroying at home, you now, and they have been for like two years, except you know for that time that you know they kind of fell apart at home against the Astros. But dude,
1: come but on! Even that though, you're like, hey, they ran into a buzzsaw Astros team. Yeah. they've handled everybody this season. They haven't. They haven't lost in at in the playoffs at home. It's it's the bank. It's four hours of hell. They're yeah, like, great. you're I got like
0: on this guy. You're like you're like dude. What's uh, what are the odds that that happens again? Come on, come on. So the series goes back to Philly. Yeah. Aaron Nola does not have a good start in, uh, in game six, he gives up two homers, gives up four runs. The Phillies continue to just not really score runs. We're going to game seven game seven. You're like, okay, we got Ranger on the Hill. Ranger has the best postseason ERA of all time now. You got Wheeler ready to go in the bullpen. Everybody's fresh. All right. All of our, our elite arms are on deck. Here we go. All we got to do is just score some runs. So naturally, <laughs> the Diamondbacks refuse to let the Phillies have a clean inning at any point. They scratch across three runs. So the Phillies did have the lead on a – uh, they get an Alec Bohm homer to tie it. Down one nothing. And then Bryson Stott hit an RBI double. Give him a two one lead. And then the Phillies immediately hand the lead back in the top of the next inning. And the D backs go up three two. But it's early. You're like, okay, well, you know, hey, listen, you know, this team, a three two lead is effectively a tie game a lot of the time. Like I would not feel comfortable with a three two lead against this Phillies team at home. Unless it's game seven of the NLCS yep, because the Phillies were just flat as all hell and they could not get anything done. They have a basis loaded scenario. First, they have first and third with Castellanos up who you're like, dude, come on. You're like, you gotta be due. Come on, dude. You're like, Oh, for your last 19 strikes out ugly strikeout too like he was he, not like
1: the uncompetitive about. Yeah,
0: he's not getting beat in the zone like he's getting beat out of the zone like everybody else was so then uh marsh i think he walked to load the bases so johan rojas comes up and this is another one of those managerial decisions we want to talk about because we both at the time agreed like i think you have to pinch hit for
1: rojas here i got thoughts do you want it yeah right here
0: a little bit, yeah, because we're we're sitting there. It's like, dude, this is the best opportunity that you have to score. Two outs, bases loaded. Sorry, Johan Rojas. Pache is a good fielder too, and we need the bat. Okay, we we have to have somebody who's going to get a hit because Rojas was very badly exposed in the playoffs. It was very clear that he's just you hit him with high gas. He's never going to hit it, which wait, is what happened to the wait. bat.
1: During the first two rounds of the playoffs, was fine. So
0: yeah, because they could eat that. You're out
1: looking on all cylinders. You'll take the elite defense in center field yeah. just the black hole at the plate. Like, it's okay. It's yeah. okay.
0: But in this situation, like, you need to score there. And it's not like Rojas was just, you know, pressing, you know, oh, dude, he's hitting the ball hard. He's just hitting it at people or whatever. Like, he just had not hit anything. Even his hits. Were the kind thing of big. was,
1: it wasn't even like it was like, oh, they're just pounding him up and in with fastballs, and that's what's getting him. It's like he just couldn't do anything. And I'm not blaming yeah. him. He's like twenty-two years old. He's he was exactly what they needed when they called him up. He's been in yeah. center field. He actually held his own at the plate for a while until he got figured out. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Johan Rojas was above and beyond expectations. I'm not mad at him. But yeah, I think One that... thing I'm mad at him about is he, he like, hasn't learned how to bunt. And I'm not one of those old guys who's being like, I don't teach up bunting anymore. My thing is, like, if you've given up at the plate, like, the Phillies have realized over the past few weeks, like, Johan Rojas has just not giving you anything at the plate, and that's okay. Yeah. You gotta be able to like sacrifice Bunt in that situation because you just can't do anything else. Well, and not he,
0: in the situation we're talking about.
1: Not, not this one in, in particular. And, like, all throughout situations. the playoffs, he was just jabbing at balls. Like there would be like Brandon Marsh with yeah. nobody out, and he would just not be able to get the bunt. Like it was annoying. But the Yeah, point-
0: Marsh Marsh was on fire and Rojas was an automatic yeah, out behind yeah, them. Yeah. So it's like they yeah, it wouldn't be bad to Bunt. But, but the point is we with- agreed, right, that uh, the obvious move there would have been to pinch hit Pache. No, no no
1: no 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 the obvious because there were a couple ways you could do this right you can leave oh yeah that's rojas right in. yeah you had to do the switcheroo you can leave rojas in and just take your chances and know you're not going to score the run which is exactly what happened
0: yeah which we do you know get, how that plays you
1: can though. hit cave jake cave is bad but he could get a hit
0: whereas yeah johan he's rojas better than rojas johan at rojas hitting, just can't get a
1: hit. so like that's what i would do and then the diamondbacks i believe had joe mantiply up in the bullpen who's decent. Right, probably yeah. anticipating that move. Right, so so the what way. they're probably going to do is and then if if they leave in thought then great, you got a righty and lefty matchup, take your chances with jk which is what I would have yeah. done. If they bring in Mantiply, then you can bring in Pache, who won, while not being great, is a better hitter than Johan Rojas, but then you've brought in the platoon advantage and if I remember correctly, he was like serviceable against left-handers. So what you're doing is you're taking Essentially, by through this series of moves, what you're doing is you're taking Johan Rojas, who's just a black hole right now. You're switching him either for Jake Cave against a right-hander, which is still not good but better, or you're getting Pache against a left-hander, which is still not right. good. So, like, and then if not it's not Cave, game, then you just put in Pache exactly after that. And 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 the the drop off in defense to center field is not great. Like, it's sorry. What I mean to say is, it's not. Not large. Like yeah, Pache is still a very good defensive center fielder. So like, I think probably Rob Thompson's decision making process was none of these options are very good. Like like Pache against the left hander is still not good. Cave against the right hander is still not good. And Rojas against the right hander is not good. So I'd rather keep my best defensive lineup out there. I understand that in the regular season. The way the Phillies have been hitting and the fact that it's game seven, you have to take like any small advantage you can get. And this is to say, J.K. probably still doesn't get a hit there. And Christian Pache like probably still doesn't get a hit. There. You know what I mean? Like like there's a very good chance that he does these series of moves. And we're still talking about them losing game seven and not like cashing right. runners there. But then I least- do want to
0: point out, by the way, this is obviously hindsight. But Pache did bat later in the game and he did have a great at bat. He had an which,
1: excellent at bat. Which
0: Rojas had very few of those in the postseason. Yep. Yep. He had Even hit. Cave at the end of the game, you know, spoiler alert. Uh t- yeah, he didn't do much with it, but like Cave had a pretty decent at batting at Seawall to end the game.
1: Yeah, I'm not mad at these guys. Like, I'm not mad at them for being on the right.
0: line. Well, like, I'm just saying, like, you know, looking at it in hindsight, you know, and Rojas had a terrible at-bat in that situation. They didn't score. Right. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, we do have guys who are maybe at least going to make the pitcher work for it a little bit. So yeah, like, like I'm maybe, not sure why yeah, we like, didn't
1: do like, that. Maybe you could draw a walk, maybe sneak one through the hole or something the Phillies get a run, and then you got Schwarber up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think the odds, no matter what series of events played out, were great. But you could definitely maximize them. And I think mm. they failed to do that. I don't right. think this is a time where Rob Thompson like, lost them in the game because it would be different if you had a good bat on the bench that he just failed to get. Like, if they had Reese Hoskins on the bench or something, assuming he can play, you know what right. I mean? Like, if that were the case, that's like, that's the time, man. Yeah, that's a no brainer. That's yeah. the time. You didn't have that. So it was basically Rob Thompson saying, okay, I have essentially like a 5% chance to get a hit with Rojas. I can do all these things, bur- like burn my bench and get like a ten or fifteen percent chance of getting a hit. He didn't think it was worth it, and honestly, mm-hmm. the, the game—we're not even talking about it. Like, who cares? But this is what we do. The Philly season's over. I honestly, I think, I think all this, while as frustrating, frus- as frustrating as it is, is sort of immaterial because I think the game was lost on the Castellanos at bat.
0: Yeah, Castellanos deserves a lot of criticism for the fact that, like. With Rojas, it's like, yeah, listen, he's twenty two and he's a he's a glove guy. With I'm Castellanos, it's like, it's like, dog, you are here for your bat, you know? Come on. And also, like, what happened?
1: You know what I mean, right? Yeah, like I mean, he's it a week ago.
0: He's always been a streaky player, and you know that sort of thing does happen with guys like that. But like, you can't be just chasing sliders in the dirt that at bat, which he was doing, and also, also i still love castellanos but um he visibly was over swinging on fastballs on sliders he was just waving at him because you know he was getting beat on fastballs i think ever since he he nuked that 100 mile an hour heater from uh, strider in the nlds like he wanted to eat on fastballs and he was swinging so hard like his helmet's flying off and stuff he's like spinning around in the box. Like I don't want to come off as like the old guy who's like, "Yo, choke up on the bat, you know, go the other way. But it's like, dude, you you got to cut down that swing a little bit. Like Nick Castellanos like, dude, you can drive the ball the other way just fine. Like you don't have to be hell hacking to try to hit an 800 foot grand slam. Like just, just drive it somewhere. It's going to be fine. Right. And um, also don't swing at balls, but you know,
1: look dude. But what do i know
0: yeah. Uh, yeah like obviously easier said than done but
1: yeah i mean long that's, story that's short the rest of it, yeah the rest of it two, two
0: really moments played. in that inning that that really won by castellanos which is a castellanos failure and we that rojas at bat is a little bit of a management failure i get that he kind of rolled the dice to keep the best defense in there but I mean, it's hindsight, but even at the time, I was not confident that well, that, that was going to work that's, out.
1: That's my barometer for for judging sports because there are plenty of times where you can like you can look back and analyze anything that didn't work and say, right. "Oh, you should have done." Like my barometer for if if a manager or a GM or something is bad is if I'm out thinking you, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was the case, the, like the I think, Girardi effect, exactly. Like you and yeah. I were sitting there on like on the sofa watching this game and being like. I feel like I pinch hit Jake Cave here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like one, it's sad that we're saying that sentence during the playoffs. But the point is like, we were out thinking Rob Thompson in that moment. And that, that yeah. ball I guess I shouldn't say we were out thinking it. We just wanted to roll the dice and I guess he didn't want to. And honestly, I kind of get it because like during the brave series, like Johan Rojas saved the day with that Ronald Acuna hit. So like, yeah. I get it. Like you had different priorities. It just, it didn't work. Like, I, I, I think the most frustrating part of this is, there's not one villain here like obviously if you have to p- like pick a least valuable player it's Craig Kimbrel like without a doubt yeah but, with Cassianos
0: right there behind them by the way
1: i think it's craig because Cassianos was terrible and i guess you could say he like blew it in game 7 but like craig kimbrel was directly responsible for two losses like if they if they didn't have craig kimbrel if they pitched probably anybody else during the world series you know what i mean like, it's, yeah it's, like greg kimberl just without a doubt the guy yeah, that in won. game
0: four because i don't think they were winning game three because they were just never going to score any runs but game like, four Craig, all Craig, they have to do is win game four and, and this series would have been five games yeah it did. not five six games sorry um but yeah no you're, you're right uh it's, it's yeah it's, i mean let's not beat the horse too much the back's no, tacked no, on mean, run.
1: here's the thing like craig kimbrell's not coming back It'll, you know he's, he'll be a yeah. hall of he's got a world series yeah whatever great i'm really happy for him and i don't hate craig kimbrell like he blew it you know it happens yeah i think i think let's just do, let's just do it let's just do it yeah. i this series clearly showed the flaws in the Phillies roster and I'm not here bashing Dave Dombrowski and saying he sucks or anything like Dave Dombrowski has been very successful with the. No, I mean no no team is going to not have. Yeah, no team He's been very successful with the Phillies, he was very successful with the Tigers and with the Marlins and okay and with the Red Sox like he's I'm not here to bash Dave Dombrowski. Yeah, he's a great champ. Right, or I'm not here saying I could do a better job or anything. Even All though you I'm could. thing is is during the season And during the beginning of the playoffs, the Phillies masked their flaws because they didn't need the bench. They didn't need their bullpen as much as they did in this series. And really like they didn't need everybody to step up the way they did in, in, in game seven. And they didn't need Rob Thompson to make these crucial decisions. They
0: they didn't also another thing they did not need was they did not need to do anything other than like swing for the fences because they were hitting so many homers that like, the The concept of like manufacturing runs, which a lot of the time is a little stupid to talk about, like over the course of the regular season, but like especially in like game seven situation, like I mean, you watch the Diamondbacks do it; they right. manufactured a, the four. The NBA, get it? Yeah, they manufactured four runs in that game, and that was all they needed. Like right. the Phillies showed zero ability to do that, or just get hits with runners in scoring position. Right. Which is another thing that they papered over with homers in the regular season because they struggled for a long time to get hits with runners in scoring position. Later in the year, they started hitting a ton of homers and, you know, some of them started coming with runners in scoring position. So that is a hit with runners in scoring position. But like this team, it lived and died by the homer, which I don't have an inherent problem with. But. Yeah, that that papers over even the offensive flaws that the team has, in addition to, you know, the bench is not deep and the pitching staff had some holes in it. It's going to have more because I don't know that they're going to re-sign Nola. So, you know, yeah, like every flaw the Phillies have, not only was it exposed in the series, but I feel like the Diamondbacks like surgically took advantage of a lot of these flaws.
1: Definitely offensively. Like, I think pitching, they just, their plan worked as, you know what I mean? Like, their starters did well enough, and then they have like a three headed monster. And the Phil, and I think that was more the Phillies dropping the ball than it was the Diamondbacks pitching outclassing them. But like offensively, like the Diamondbacks just made the Phillies pay for every single mistake. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they, like, they, they, they'd, they'd get like sort of a meaningless single with one out, and then it would just become a run. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And like, some, sometimes it would be, like a wild pitch, like JT got a little sloppy behind the plate in a couple of games and they led to runs. Uh got wild pitches. I think Christopher Sanchez threw a couple and was kind of threatening too. the whole game. Sanchez He's... forgot
1: to throw to second base. with,
0: with Yeah, the... and that run came home to score. It's and like all this home. stuff matters, you know, and like the Diamondbacks generally did not make stupid mistakes like that. The games that they lost, they lost because the Phillies hit nukes off them, you know? Yeah. And the games that they won was because every single mistake the Phillies made and the Diamondbacks capitalized on it at least like a little bit, you know? And uh, that kind of stuff does matter in playoff games. Like in the regular season, you lose four out of five on stupid stuff. You go, all right, well, listen, you know, if we finish with 90 wins, we're still a good team. Just had a bad stretch in the playoffs like oh yeah but we can't afford to play stupid baseball for five games
1: right when you're like you know trying to go to the world series have it in
0: In a matchup where if you don't go to the world series it's one of the most epic face plants ever which is what happened
1: yeah Uh, it's 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 like it's not as bad as like the 4 Yankees, but it's not that much better. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Well, the <laughs> difference with the 4 Yankees is that that Red Sox team
1: was also good. It, like, exactly. Like, like, like the Diamondbacks team was just not even close to the Phillies.
0: Like I don't yeah. want to trash them, obviously, because, you
1: know, they
0: beat us. And, you know, last night they, they smoked the Rangers, but like. I mean, they won 84 games. They, I think, they were leading the division at the All Star break, and then they almost missed the playoffs. Yeah, they, they fell apart. Like th- their second half was brutal. Like, I mean, this is this should have been the most beatable team that ever made the playoffs. And they, you know, they got hot, and the Phillies they got cold, and also started making stupid mistakes, and they blew it. Another thing I want to talk about, which we have talked a lot about how the Phillies offense went cold. I want to talk about how they went cold, because I think this is generally an avoidable problem. And like, yeah, again, I've never faced major league pitching before, but um it wasn't the whole lineup that had this, but I think it was Turner, Castellanos, and maybe JT. Or it might have been uh Stott, but all of these guys were chasing but the, i think those three guys had a chase rate north of 50% which is disgusting like that's horrifying like you're you're it doesn't matter who you are you're not going to do anything if you chase 50% of pitches and we saw a lot of good examples of that like turner came up with schwarber on second and he swung and missed at three straight sliders out of the zone. <laughs> Just like, come on, come on, buddy. Uh, we saw a lot of that from Castellanos. JT was getting burned on fastballs that were not even remotely close to the strike zone.
1: Yep, that old head high fastball.
0: Yeah. Like, dude, you're not going to, it doesn't matter if that's 60 miles an hour, you're not going to do anything with that. You know, like, so, like, the chase rate is just brutal because like they were all doing it and uh, you know like Alec Bohm obviously struggled this postseason but what happens is because you have all these guys chasing and just getting themselves out mm-hmm. nonstop, the two guys who kind of aren't Schwarber and Harper the Diamondbacks just pitched around them yep like you could see it all the time like just unintentional intentional walks if they came up with anybody on, they're like, okay, don't throw them anything. They did, it walk the, same them. Thing,
1: did it the same thing to Marsh because Rojas was on deck.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like, like you saw, you know, again, this is another Phillies mistake that the Diamondbacks like surgically took advantage of because everybody who was hitting, they were like, okay, well, just don't pitch to them because all these other guys are just swinging at everything. And it's like, I obviously you know like i said i've never hit off major league pitching and you know yeah i would probably chase like 70 percent of pitches but like i also you know i'm not a major league caliber player i feel like it's like dude you know can we just lay off some of those pitches like turner and castellanos especially and to a lesser degree real muto uh like some of these pitches are just they're balls out of the
1: hand and non-competitive
0: yeah, like some of these guys have dirty stuff, you know. Like, especially like Fott has really good stuff. Like that's why everybody has such a good opinion of him. But like, you are getting sliders like seven, eight inches off the plate. You know, you get sliders in the dirt. Like Castellanos is getting pitches that are balls out of the hand, and he's waving at him. It's like thought. Oh, like come on, just just leave that down there. And you know what? You leave a couple of those down there. If you're in a hitter's count,
1: you might they get have to a come fastball. back in the zone. Yeah. you might get a fastball.
0: You know, like and it for all five of the games. So after game two, like they're just chasing everything, and like the Diamondbacks don't even have to have good pitching to win those games. It's just so much the Phillies getting themselves out in no, ways that are just. I it's don't not like it. you know. It's not like a, oh, dude, you got yourself out because you know you you swung at a pitch in the zone, you know, in a count where you probably shouldn't swing at that pitch. It's like, dude, you're just swinging at crap.
1: Yeah, so you're yeah, you're you're just going up there like letting it eat. It's like I don't yeah. want to take away from the Diamondbacks because like, hey, congratulations, you guys have a great chance to win the World Series, and nobody ever thought right. it would. happen. Awesome. Like, I'm really happy. I, I well, really
0: I, don't. I mean, like, season. it's not taken away from. Them. Like, you, you capitalized on mistakes that a better team made
1: that's the thing like congratulations like you guys like it that's exactly what they needed to happen to win like the diamondbacks needed to play like almost flawlessly and the phillies needed to play poorly and that's what happened for you know four of the games like the diamondbacks were torched in games one and two but like they came back and they executed really well and the phillies fell apart but it's like the phillies lost themselves that like if the phillies are playing even remotely well they win you know what i mean like yeah. there's just the diamondbacks playing well versus the phillies playing well it's not even close you know what i mean it's yeah. just the phillies face planted and the diamondbacks played well like that that's all it comes down to it's mm-hmm. it's infuriating because the phillies like do this sometimes and 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 like they did in the world series last year but that one you nope. could excuse more because you were like oh this is an elite team
0: right and the but astros also did that to everybody
1: that right season if the phillies had done this in the nlds against the braves it would have like, yeah, it would have, like, sucked still. But it would have been, like, hey, the Braves are the Braves, you know? Yeah. That's what we do. But, like, the Diamondbacks, you let this happen. You know what I mean? The Diamondbacks have two starting pitchers. And then they have a rookie who is going to go, like, four innings. Right. And was-
0: also, by the way, excellent. Gallen was the Diamondbacks' worst pitcher in the playoffs. Yeah,
1: Gallen was bad. And he was their ace. Like, the dude, the Phillies we're handed this on a silver platter and this fell apart, but I don't want to go all WIP and just start freaking out about it. I mean, that's what we're doing, but like, well,
0: yeah. I mean, look, it bears, bears discussion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But I'm saying like, I'm going to
1: freak out and just blew it. You guys blew it. You're chokers. Even though that's exactly what happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, that is true, but yeah. Like, like I like, can I, can I bring something up? I'm going back to roster construction here, but I want to know, I want to see if you remember this.
0: Yeah, well, like with the the chase rate and everything, that's not something that can be fixed in the off season. You know, in a way that we would know about, like that's on the players. But like roster construction stuff is stuff that we can like have an eye on in the off season. Tom, so that's a good thing for us to talk about.
1: Tom, do you remember that Josh Harrison played forty games for the Phillies? You sure did. Like, do Josh you remember Harrison... that? Like, it seems like forever ago.
0: Yeah, Josh Harrison was getting regular starts for the
1: Phillies. Josh Harrison was starting regularly against left handers. Dude, I have it pulled up. He had 114 plate appearances. He hit three doubles and two home runs. Okay. Walked three times. Oh. And his slash line was 204, 263, 291 for a 554 OPS and a 53 OPS plus. Tom, he lasted on the roster through July. That was their... The
0: question is, you know, the question is not why is this bat there? Because nobody cares about Josh Harrison's bat. The question is like, what, what's the argument for him being on the roster at all? Like, Dude, it's not yeah, even like is, he's like a great defender.
1: It's the same litmus test. It's the exact same litmus test. When they signed Josh Harrison in December or January or whatever for $2 million, I looked over and I went, why did they sign Josh Harrison? He sucks. And then sure enough, Josh Harrison sucked. He didn't provide any value on defense. He didn't provide any value in the field. He didn't provide any value at the plate. And Josh Harrison was a pretty good player for a long time, and I'm really glad for him, and I'm sure he's a very nice guy, and he's always right. a club guy awesome i have nothing against josh harrison josh harrison like it was inexcusable that josh harrison was on the phillies roster for so long and part of it was like topper sticking with his guys part of it was dave dombrowski loves veterans but part of it was just like the complete inability to fill out the roster and i love dave dombrowski he did a lot for phillies fans like i'm not right i I was gonna say i'm not mad at him but i am mad at him but like it's the the j cave effect where like the phillies had an excellent lineup one through eight, and you can deal with one bad like roster spot, and then like Garrett Stubbs is a vibes guy. Cool, whatever. You don't really use your backup catcher that yeah, much. Yeah, your
0: backup catcher Dude. is there, so your main catcher. I mean, I mean, care, I think
1: that can know? be improved upon, and I think moving forward, they're gonna have to take a serious look at Garrett Stubbs. I really like Garrett Stubbs, and I want him to hang around in the majors. Like, I, I think he's a super fun player. Right. Muto is going to be like, I think, 33. And he's caught like way more innings than anyone else over the past few years. Like, Garrett Stubbs is going to get a lot of playing time. And I don't think that's a good thing for the Phillies. But that's moving yeah. forward. Let's not get stuck on that. Yeah. Garrett, Stubbs- I don't want
0: to, I don't really feel, I mean, you hear this a lot from people. I don't really want to talk about the Garrett Stubbs pool comment. I don't think that mattered. I think that was hubris. But No, no,
1: I don't care. I yeah, have I no problem with Garrett mattered. Stubbs. Garrett Stubbs is pretty much, like, immaterial this season. He didn't really get any playing time. He was bad, and it didn't matter. So, like, that's right, fine. Yeah. I'm fine with Garrett Stubbs. Sosa is what he is. Like, he can run into one. He has, like, a little bit of pop against left-handers. Nice. He's really he's... fast, and theoretically, he's a good defender. He was bad at third this year. But, like, let's yeah. give him. A... So, like, my problem isn't with Edmundo Sosa. Like, he can play a lot of different positions, and he's fast. Okay, great. Right. Dude, Jake Cave. Like, it's the same thing as Josh <sighs> Harris. I'm not mad at Jake Cave. Like, I'm really happy that he's getting major league checks. Like, great for Jake Cave. The fact that the Phillies went in and – like, okay, you bring him into spring training, and he plays really well. And you go, wow, like, maybe we have something here. That's fine. You do that with guys all the time. And then he caches triple – I think like a 1,200 OPS or something, like through the first month in AAA. And it was like, wow, maybe they have something here. Dude, Jake Cave, like, you got to be able to pull the ripcord really fast on Jake Cave, and they just didn't do it. Like, if you want to give Jake Cave – in April and May and see if he has something fine but like and like I understand Derek Hall was supposed to be like their big lefty bat and he just sort of like fell apart but like dude Jake Cave like we all know what Jake Cave he's bad at baseball like I understand that if he's like your fifth outfielder like optionable depth guy and you want to bring him up someone that's hurt fine dude Jake Cave was on the playoff roster like he was like their number one pinch hitting option from the left side like that's inexcusable I think what it comes (laughs) down to isn't
0: having Jake Cave Because, like you said, you know, he had a great spring training. He was killing it in the beginning of the year in AAA. Like, yeah, the roster got exposed a little bit because Hoskins got hurt, and then Hall got hurt. And then he was bad when he Yeah, and Harper was out in the beginning of the season. So, like, yeah, there's going to be depth guys. Like, Clemens is going to be getting a lot of playing time and all that type of stuff. But then, like, those issues start to clear up. Harper comes back. You know, Johan Rojas emerges. And it's like... Yeah, I get keeping Pache because, you know, he's a good defender. And, like, yeah, you need a good defensive guy in the outfield because if somebody goes down, you want somebody who can at least kind of do something well. Like, Jake Cave is either redundant or worse than, like, everybody on the roster. Besides yeah, here's Josh Harrison. But here's the like, thing.
1: Like, stashing Jake Cave in AAA, I think, is fine. And calling yeah. him up, like in like in an emergency, like in the beginning of the year, you're down Hoskins, you're down Harper, you're down Hall. Okay, fine, Jake Cave, next man up. Like, I hated watching it, but, like, right. that, you're you You got to do what you got to do. Right, you're scrambling. I get it. Dude, they had up until the trade deadline to go up and to go out and get literally anybody. Like, they could have gotten anybody. And it would have been better than J. Cave. And if if J. Cave's the last guy on your bench, if J. Cave's like the first guy cut for the playoffs, I'm fine. fine. Yeah, who cares? Like I I I don't like J. Cave really as a baseball player in general. But like fine, okay, fine.
0: Dude, JK, yeah, you're not gonna like all 26 guys yeah, on the roster. Like,
1: like like first of all, they knew they had a black hole heading into the playoffs in Johan Rojas. If you want to go with like Sosa and Pache against left-handers and like hope you can work something out, I don't love that. But fine. You mean like like there's some there's something there. Right. Dude, Jake Cave cannot be taking meaningful at bats in the playoffs. And when you roll in with a center fielder that just can't hit, which I'm okay with, but like if you're rolling with a center fielder that can't hit, you have to have somebody who can handle both sides. So you have the left side covered with pache. You have to have somebody who can hit right handers. Jake Cave's not that guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like this is a failure to acquire talent. Like that's what Yeah,
0: and the the Phillies, I get that they didn't want to trade away like good prospects because and painter's value was too low because he's injured. You know, they like Abel and McGarry and all that type of stuff. Like, yeah, they want to hang on to these guys. But like you don't need to go out there and get somebody awesome. You just no, need you to don't go out been, there. And,
1: so to, dude, I would have taken Jace Peterson from the A's. Yeah. Like you just go out there.
0: Absolutely. Just go out there and get a left-handed bat who's not useless against righties, and you have an improvement, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That dude, that's exactly right. I actually <laughs> want to pull
0: up I want to see if Jake Cave even hit Brady as well, because I don't think he did.
1: While, while you're pulling that up, pulling I want up to, his splits. I think the most poetic moment of the Phillies postseason run was Jake Cave taking the last at-bat. Like, if you remember yeah. the battle where it came down, the Phillies were down two, they're toast. It's like it's not going to happen. Everybody knows that the stadium's silent. Everybody's watching the game, wanting it to be over.
0: Yeah, yeah. we had a couple of friends who were at the game, and they were texting me, and they were like, "Dude, this place is absolutely just. This
1: place is like a a graveyard. It's a morgue." But here's the thing: two outs in the bottom, two outs in the bottom of the ninth. The Phillies are down two, like game over. Nothing's going to happen. But there's like that, like glimmer of hope where you go, "Hey, if they can get somebody on, Kyle Schwarber comes up with a with the tying run. Like he's the tying run. If Schwarber puts one out, who knows?" And I understand, like, that's like a 1% chance of happening. But if you can do it, like, it's the playoffs. You got to try. Yeah. And and Topper has to go to the bench. It's the last at bat of the season.
0: Yeah, and who do you have left? You and who do you have left? Sosa. and
1: No, Taylor. no, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's not even who do you have left because it wasn't like, oh, they burned their guys earlier. It's who's your guy? Who's right. your – like, they, brought, they have an elite right-hander and Paul C., I guess elite. They have a very good right-hander up. In Paul yeah, I was going to say,
0: Elite might be overselling yeah, a little bit. They have, but a, he very, is good.
1: They have a very good right handed pitcher up in Paul Seawald. And who's your guy? It's Jake Cave. Yeah, good old Jake. Elite season ends with Jake Cave. And I really feel like my apologies to the Cave estate, because it's nothing like him. <laughs> like, I'm, re- dude, I'm really happy that Jake Cave's making money this year. Like, he's a career minor league guy. He's like, this is probably the most, like, the biggest big league opportunity you're going to get. Congratulations, J. Cave. My problem is with the Phillies. Like, J. Cave cannot be taking that at bat is what it comes to Yeah,
0: Yeah, it really is. is Like you said, it's, you know, it's it's kind of a depth failure. It's exactly right. you, You will see teams that do not put themselves in that situation because they, you know, they have guys who can at least kind of swing the bat a little bit off the bench like uh i mean look at the diamondbacks the diamondbacks had alec thomas coming off the bench multiple times they had pavin smith
1: yeah pavin like, smith was excellent. dude, every team yeah. that's gone that's done well in this postseason has platooned effectively like the rangers and it, i know it's become a meme of like right. why robbie grossman hitting third but robbie grossman's been hitting like against the astros he was hitting third because he mashes left handers and the 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 Ashers didn't have any other left-handers from Rivaldo's was literally their one left-hander. So right. you hit a third. So he can, so he, you can hopefully get him two at bats or maybe even three. And then as soon as they bring in a right-hander, you go to Evan Carter, who's been excellent. So like, right. that's why third, like the, yeah, the diamondbacks had like the, um, the Pavin Smith platoon with who was the right Tommy Pham, right. Or it wasn't Pavin Smith whatever they were platooning they had guys they were, like, yeah they
0: were moving Alex guys Alex around because carol yeah. was playing right field when thomas
1: was in yeah. the game but he was playing center were, when fam yeah. was in the game they were moving guys around and the point is like they had options like the phillies would go to a reliever and then the Diamondbacks could counter if they wanted to like shocker sometimes that's helpful you know what i mean kind of yeah. like when you pinch hit alec thomas and he puts one out against greg kimbrell and wins you the game like that sort of right. thing is kind of nice to have like the phillies like the phillies really needed a ross load this off like this series and it, they just didn't have it
0: yeah um, real quick, the Jake Cave platoon splits versus right-handers. He had a six sixty-three OPS. So you know, of course, that's that's not like all that good. That's not really that much higher than you know his regular OPS. So it's not like this dude. It, this dude is more bad against lefties than he is good against righties. So yeah, it's like it's like he's. He, I mean, he's not there for his bat. The question with Jake Cave is, you know, why is he there? But
1: why is he there? <laughs> yeah. So
0: what? What? I guess what this comes down to is in in the off season. And um, I did talk to a friend of the podcast, Ben Silver. He did not want to join us because he's too traumatized.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see if we can get him on during the off season. Yeah.
0: He, he, he. We will be uh, inviting him on to talk a little more about the Phillies off season, but. We'll talk about a little bit here, because what the Phillies need to do is, you know, they need to address these holes, which to me, to Dombrowski's credit, he is pretty good about that. Like the Phillies bullpen was a weakness last year, and this year, generally, it was a strength. I think they had like the third best bullpen in the league.
1: It was a strength. It was a strength. Like one guy fell apart when it counted. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's, that's good. We went out and got traded depth guys who aren't that good for Gregory Soto, who like, yeah. Gregory Soto's not that good. But Gregory Soto is also the kind of guy who profiles like the dude who could just randomly have an awesome year.
1: Also, well, they didn't really give up anything to get him. They gave him yeah. a year. So like if Gregory Soto is like your third most reliable left-hander, like that's fine. Right. You know what I mean?
0: They they got Jeff Hoffman, you know. They they I mean, Kimbrell as much as you know Kimbrel blew in the playoffs, but like yeah, they addressed these souls so that you know, I feel good about the Phillies addressing their issues this off season.
1: Well, the, the 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 biggest question, like the question of the off season, is what do you do with Aaron Nola? Because yeah, I suppose there are options. Like I understand people were really upset with Aaron Nola during the season. I was too. Like he was he was infuriating during. Yeah, the he season. he was
0: doing very poorly for the entire right. regular season.
1: But Aaron Nola is as durable as they come. I think I don't think he's gone on the I. L. Like I think he did it maybe once, like early on in his career. Like he takes the ball every fifth day, which is really important in this day and age. Right. Aaron Nola has a long track record of being elite and was bad this season, but he turned it on the playoffs. So I feel encouraged. And the thing is, okay, if you want to let Aaron Nola walk because you think he's gonna get too much money, I I get that. I get that. Yeah. How do you replace Aaron Nola? Because then your rotation is Zach. We- you got Wheeler for one more year, unless you resign him, which right. would be.
0: Cool. But you got right, Wheeler, which I assume that's also going to be something that they're. Looking
1: yeah, that's, that's going to be something. They're looking at. But like, okay, you got Wheeler. That's fine. Ranger Suarez is looking like, okay. He's got some health concerns, but like Ranger Suarez is great. Christopher Sanchez, we're hoping can keep it up, but like, does he keep it up over like 180 innings? I'm not sure. I really like Christopher Sanchez. Like, I'm not bashing him, but like, that's a, that's a question mark.
0: Right.
1: On Walker. Taiwan Walker, we can get into if you want, but like Taiwan Walker is okay. You, like you are gonna start, we're gonna roll him out there every fifth day. But like, yeah, I he's know.
0: like a four ERA guy. Yeah, no, yeah. Like I, like,
1: like mm. Taiwan Walker is this team's Kyle Gibson, but he's a lot more expensive. Right. And and like and then what? Like like so that's four. That's four guys. So yeah, then,
0: Lorenzen's a free agent, so right, it's like you have Christopher agent. Sanchez and
1: like like Junior Marte. Like I don't know. Well, like, like I'm not I'm not really sure what you do. Like because because you know like like Painter's out. Abel hasn't progressed exactly the way they wanted to, and Griff McGarry is, is, a, is a reliever, right? So, like, so then you have to look at external options. So, then you go, Okay, like maybe they could trade for Corbin Burns, that would be really cool. But one, that's going to take prospect capital. Like, I'm not sure how much yeah. of it, but you know, you don't want to have to do that if you don't have to. But look, look at Corbin and Burns would be cool, Brandon Woods are south for the year. So, if <sighs> the boards could tear it down, but I'm not sure they're going to do that. And if they don't want to tear it down, then they got to keep Corbin Burns because, right they just lost their other ace so like i'm not sure that's an avenue they can explore so then you turn to the free agent mark i mean maybe there are other trades out yeah there. i
0: have the the free agents up and Go ahead, list, list them off we don't need to get in everyone but just give me well some name. this is on spot rack so some of these dudes have options uh i feel like there's a pretty good chance marcus stroman is not going to get his well he has a player option so actually he'll probably take that 21 yeah, million
1: i don't want to either um
0: way. Otani, uh, not really an option for the Phillies. Ohtani is
1: even if they got him, he can't pitch next yeah, year.
0: He's going to get a giga contract, so you know he's yeah. not an option he's for the Phillies. He's... Yeah, and he's not going to pitch. Uh, Kershaw, I don't imagine will
1: I sign feel like anywhere Kershaw with the Dodgers. Is a Dodger like yeah? He, he's uh, going to be a Dodger. He's also
0: he's going to be thirty six next year, so you know yeah, you're starting to run out of Clayton Kershaw. Next Yunjin Ryu, not very good. <laughs>
1: Uh, see, like that's the kind of signing. Where, like, if you want to bring him in on a one year deal or something, I like that. Right. But like, it's not a reliable. Yeah, go right. ahead.
0: Uh, Charlie Morton has a club option, which I don't know if that will be declined or not. But he's also going to be forty in like a month. See,
1: this is uh, a, this is huge, Like, I'm okay with taking flyers on these guys. Not even right. flyers. I'm okay with signing these guys. But like, these are not
0: right. But the Phillies them. have to replace an
1: ace. So yeah, you know, yeah. so you going. go to.
0: Lance Lynn has a club option. Lance Lynn is not very good anymore. Wainwright is washed. I don't think anybody's paying any attention to him. Eduardo Rodriguez has an opt-out. I don't know if this means he took it or if it's
1: just an option. Yeah, he can take it. But like even that, like Eduardo Rodriguez is decent. I, he's not replacing Aaron Nola. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a step down. Keep going. Um, Arias, I don't know what the or yeah. statuses that yeah, well, that's, that's a weird situation.
0: Point. Uh Kyle Hendricks is not an ace, has yeah. a club option. Ross Stripling has a player yeah. option which I expect he'll be taking cuz that's free money for him. Andrew Heaney has a player option with the Rangers for 13 million which oh, yeah. is kind of low, he might not take that.
1: It doesn't matter. Andrew Heaney's not that that's not, the, yeah, not, he's the not that good. I
0: mean Alex Wood, Mike Clevenger has forgotten how to pitch
1: you're missing one you're missing one huge name that i'm really hoping the phillies don't get um are we talking about yamamoto or jordan Uh, montgomery no i wasn't talking about any of those guys jordan montgomery will be interesting to see how much money he gets yeah um yeah like sort of a wild card here blake snell i don't want the phillies to go anywhere near
0: yeah uh blake snell is blake snell's it's weird because he's been awesome in like the second half of this year, but like Blake Snell is very on and off.
1: Like, is you but know, Snell walks everybody, which like, yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna work.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, Um I, mean? I feel like I maybe wouldn't mind seeing the Phillies take a, take some sort of flyer on like Lucas Giolito
1: if it's not expensive. Yeah, like, like, like there, like here's here's what I'm getting at. Here's what I'm getting at there are guys that they could get that i would feel good about like giolito i I'm, I'm okay with giving a shot like sunny gray yeah. been really good like charlie morton like those kind of guys
0: even like Luis severino uh, although i i expect that he's probably gonna get more
1: money than he's worth that one i'm not sure about, but like but like my point is like like there are options out there that you could get that if you lost aaron nola you can look at it and go yeah i still feel good but like you're I don't really see a way to replace Aaron Nola unless you trade for yeah. Corbin Burns, which I don't oh, know. Oh, wait,
0: no. Actually, you know what? Problem solved. Vince Velasquez is a free
1: agent. Mm, okay. Mm, so forget why?
0: everything we just said, guys.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But, like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. No, Corbin it's... it's Burns, Corbin Burns, I think, is the only route that you could take that isn't just downgrading. And I don't know how doable that... Like, that depends on the whims of the Brewers. Like, I don't know how mm-hmm. doable... So like I think you I think you bring back Aaron Ola. I think is what it comes down to like I yeah, think you have he, to do everything you can to bring back like, Aaron. Like that Nola. report came out that he wanted like eight years and the Phillies wanted to give him like four and that's why they couldn't like get close to an agreement. I think they probably land closer to like six years, thirty million a year or something like that. Right. Like, yeah. Although I, I'm I do with think that, honestly. I think the Braves
0: and the Dodgers are both going to be in play for him. The Cardinals, yeah. Yeah, which you know, the Dodgers and the Braves are good teams to outbid people. Although the uh, more so the Dodgers, I
1: think it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think that is the biggest. That's the biggest question. Like that will largely determine like how the Phillies move forward. Like if if yeah. you if you don't resign Nola, then you have some work to do. If you resign Nola, then it's more about like complementary pieces. Although mm-hmm. where they, which play-
0: I do want to get to because. I feel like we what another thing the Phillies need, which I mean we talked about this, is they need somebody who can hit off the bench and I feel like it's probably gotta be an outfielder. So
1: it's it yeah, like the way I view the Phillies bench, I I do think they need to move on from Garrett Stubbs. As much as I hate to say it, like I really like Garrett Stubbs, I think he's super fun. I don't think he fits what the Phillies need right now because I do think the Phillies need a capable backup catcher, and I I just don't think Garrett Stubbs is that offensively, and I'm not sure how doable it is to get an actual like good hitter. But I I I would not be surprised if JT Realmuto plays like 110 games. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's, like he's dude, he's logged so many innings. He'll
0: like, probably gonna... get some DH starts, I would imagine.
1: Although I mean, eh, that's going to be Schwarber. It's going to be crowded because they have Schwarber. Like, I'm not sure where they're going to play Harper. Who knows if they bring back Hoskins. But my point is, like, I think JT Real Muto will not be catching, like, every single game like he kind of has. So I think they actually need to get, like, a player that you can slot in there and not just, like, wave the white flag on his at-bats. But but that we'll figure out. Yeah. Yeah, so, so do you're, your free agent
0: game. catchers who are realistic – you're probably looking at somebody like Francisco Mejia or like Tom Murphy. <laughs> Maybe like, like Kurt Murphy. Casali. I feel like Tom Murphy is like kind of
1: interesting. I think uh, Tom Murphy has had some decent years with the I, bat. But... I'd have to look at it. but like the way I view the Phillies bench is like, you have your backup catcher, whether that's Stubbs or somebody else. That's okay. It's a catcher. Um, yeah. And then you have like, I think Edmundo Sosa should stick around. Like, I think he showed enough that he has value in the major leagues. He was really yeah. bad. He overexposed when they started starting him when foam was at first, but like, okay, let's not do that again. Let's play him like one day a week and see if he can still do it. Pache, I think should hang around because he can handle all three outfield positions very well and he can run and he like, yeah, like let's see if he can actually hit like a little bit like he like he did this year. Yeah, he wasn't useless at the plate right. this year. So okay, I think know. those three spots are okay. Like you got your catcher, you got your infielder, like your versatile infielder and then you got your outfielder like speed, speed and defense. You need a guy that can hit off the bench. Jake Cave isn't it. What do you do in center field if you're the Phillies? Like, do you? I think it's pretty clear Johan Rojas should probably start the year in AAA. Like, nothing against him. I just think he's been overmatched in the majors, and I don't know if he. Yeah, he just he five.
0: needs to he yeah. needs to brush up on his yeah. hit. I mean, so like,
1: do you do you do Brandon Marsh in center again because like he he's he's not good in center. Like, he's I think he's very good in left, and I think he's playable in center. Like, you're not like w- like torpedoing your team, but like, it's not. It's not good.
0: I mean, yeah. that would maybe open the door to bringing back Hoskins. I mean, you'd have to make yeah. it work. but Then, then
1: you're doing this. Uh, yeah, I, I think that does kind of work because then you're doing like Hoskins at first base, maybe half the time, Schwarber in left field half the time, like Harper at first base half the time, and then you sort of rotate the DH around those three. Maybe Harper gets some time in the outfield. if. if yeah, that's what it. I would assume would happen. Yeah, so, like, you, you can make that work of sort of piecing it together. Or the Phillies could go out and get a guy that can, set, like, handle center field. They could get, like, Cody Bellinger, maybe. I'm not sure if I want them to do that. Uh, I feel like that is
0: – I would rather see them try to develop Rojas than just punt and go buy somebody. I mean, maybe that's just – Well,
1: I think then you trade Rojas. Like, I think Yojas has trade value. I think then you trade probably trade him for something. Yeah. Um I don't I don't know if I like that plan to be honest with so you. So we're at the uh
0: we're at the 10 minute mark. Yeah, what I do want to bring up right. real quick is uh somebody I'm seeing on the free agent list for uh sorry, for outfielders who I I think might be a little bit interesting as like a guy off the bench is uh Travis Jankowski.
1: Oh, former Phillies great.
0: Yeah, I, like I feel like bringing him back may not be the end of the world. Um, Robbie Grossman's gonna be a wait,
1: wait, wait, free agent. Wait, why do you want Travis Jankowski? I thought he sucked.
0: Well, yeah, but he's a lefty and he hits better than Jake Cave does. I mean,
1: <laughs> wait, wait, does he? Did you, did you actually know that? Because yeah. in my head, Travis Jankowski is a really bad hitter, but I could be wrong. Uh,
0: yeah, a little bit better. I mean. I mean Grossman's there. I don't I'm not looking at his splits though. I don't know if he like hammers righties or and he's just useless in his left. But like there's guys on here that you could get to try to like improve a little bit off the bench. Yeah. And I, I do want to see the Phillies, you know, make moves like that. Like, I don't want to see him go after Jung Ho Lee.
1: No, I don't think that'd be that's
0: was too that's good. too big of a move.
1: I, I mean I, mean, I, I think,
0: could maybe I think take a look at eddie rosario i mean he crushes righties he's probably a little expensive to be a bench yeah, he,
1: bat, but... he might land a starting job somewhere he might yeah. like I, I sort of see him as like an adam duvall type of like he would be perfect for the phillies but yeah. he's probably need a one-year deal to start somewhere mm-hmm. so, but yeah i mean like like the point
0: that we're making which we have belabored at this point but we want to see you know in the offseason we want to see the phillies address these holes that were very badly exposed by the Diamondbacks. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them. I mean, they're going to have to. They're going to have to reinforce the bullpen again because we've got walk and You don't know if Hoffman's going to be as good next year.
1: And it's just the whole thing of just like relievers are volatile. Like Dominguez yeah. was like the best reliever in baseball last year, and then he wasn't good this year. Like it, you know, right. it, you always need to add. Like, can I say one thing before we before we call it quits? Yeah, I do want to end this episode on sort of a positive note because i'm just as mad as everybody else and i think the phillies blew it and i like i Would do you say
0: that you're mad as hell and you're not gonna take yeah. it anymore
1: yeah i yeah, i am, I, am. <laughs> I wish we had a drop of that but but like i think there's a chance that this was the phillies best chance to win a world series in this era and they blew it because like they were set up to have a pretty good world series matchup like I th- i feel like they match up really well against the rangers and they blew it However, with that in mind, I'm dooming. With that in mind, right? The Phillies are largely the same team. Like Zach Wheeler, will be a year older, but mm-hmm. he, but I'm I'm confident Zach Wheeler. We'll see what happens. Yeah. With him. You know what I mean? Like they might not have Nolan. Real Muto, I think it's safe to say is exiting his prime. Would you agree? He was not as good. Yeah, as he's season. starting to decline yeah. a little bit. He's no longer the best catcher in baseball. He's still a good player, though. So like, let's hope that, yeah. that let's hope he hangs on. Other than that, it's the same. You know what I mean? Like, first base, we'll see if Harper sticks around, see what they do with Hoskins or something. Stott is getting better and better. Turner, you're hoping, will be Trey Turner. Right. Boehm, it seems, is what he is. But if Boehm is another 100 OPS plus guy, that's not the end of the world. Marsh took a big step forward this year. Schwarber was Schwarber. And then Cassianos was very good this year, despite his disappearing right. in the playoffs. Yeah, until the playoffs. But, right. You know. And the rotation is like, you got Wheeler. Suarez, Christopher Sanchez took a big step forward. Tom Walker eats innings fine. And then the bullpen right. has been like was very good. So like the Phillies will be a very good team next year. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's annoying, and they got some work to do in the offseason. And I like they totally blew it this year. Right. But and the-
0: something that you can take Solace in is that if you're even like a halfway decent team, it's pretty easy to make the playoffs now, you know, with three yeah. wild card spots. Like, the, the yeah. division is probably out of reach. Like, the Braves are just too good. But, like, I mean, the Phillies sewed up the first wild card, like, very early this year. You know, it's it's fine. You know, they, yeah. they I mean, actually got to play hangover games. It was wild.
1: Like, there are teams like the Padres and the Mets where, like, the clock has struck midnight you know what I mean like I mean the the Padres I guess can run it back for one more year because they still have Soto but like the Mets burned it down yeah Mm -hmm. like they're 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 losing Blake's now they're losing Josh Hader they just lost their manager like I think that the Padres are not in good shape and then the Mets burned it down and they're like trying for 2025 now so like they're like those are sort of Phillies-esque teams where they spent a bunch of money and they went big and it didn't work so like the Phillies are in good shape it's really annoying that they completely blew it but uh-huh. like I think the Phillies should have won the World Series this year. Like they, like, I mean, weren't they favored they, heading into? the uh,
0: – Once yeah. the Braves and the Dodgers were out, I think yeah. they were favored.
1: Yeah, like the Phil, like the Phillies blew kind of a golden chance to win the World Series, and I think if the Phillies just hang on to one of these games in the or in the NLDS or the NLCS, I think they win the World Series. I think they beat the Rangers. Well, but yeah, uh, I mean, it's 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 maddening, but. I will go into 2024 optimistic won't you
0: yeah I gotta say you know um, along those lines like yeah I was I was dooming very hard after uh game six and uh, even through game seven and obviously you know after game seven like I mentioned you know like we just turned off the TV and just went upstairs and I just left and it was very quiet and it was very right. very shattered yep by spring training, I am gonna be all amp. Yeah, you know, have the Phillies back. So you know, it is th- it's this cycle of baseball. You know, everybody who's a baseball fan is familiar with this feeling, except maybe and, for Pirates
1: fans. And as infuriating but, as it is, I'd take this over the Ruben Amaro Phillies days. You know, true. know what I mean? like, Over the Matt Klentak, like I'd take this over that any day. Yeah, Tom, you know, the, we have about three minutes left. Can I propose something to you? Yeah. Can we play a quick? In honor of the Diamondbacks, can we play a quick Diamondback specific Elmer Descends? Like
0: Diamondback specific Elmer Descends. Yeah. Uh speed round?
1: Yeah, like one or like let's see if we can fit in two. Okay. Alright. I can start if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Doug Davis. Doug Davis. Doug Davis. Doug Davis. Okay.
0: Um I am gonna go with i gotta think of a good one um let's see can i go with jj putz
1: oh (laughs) all right hey i got it can i beat you i got one ready yeah go ahead ahead. robbie hammock i don't know who that is (laughs) okay chad moeller
0: i don't know who that is either (laughs) oh really not really, no. Is it, oh, all right. yeah,
1: wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got it, I got it, I got it. I got okay, it. okay. Barry Enright. There you go, yeah.
0: That's probably going to be the winner.
1: All right, give me one more, and then we can call it a day.
0: Um, let's see. I'm thinking about, like, like their team in, like, 2008.
1: And they okay. have, like... Uh, like the Connor Jackson diamond. Yeah, bag. like
0: Chad Tracy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think their first base was Lyle Overbay.
1: Wow, I did not know he was a Diamondback.
0: Um, let's see. I got a minute 49. Uh, Rando Diamondback
1: from back then. Um, It doesn't have to be from back You could give me Damian Miller. Today. Well, yeah, but that
0: that's my best era. You know? Yeah, Damian is uh, a good name. Can I give you Juan
1: Cruz? <laughs> All right. He's no Joe <laughs> Saunders, but I'll take it. No,
0: no, he's not, but but I feel like Juan Cruz is like my go-to rando for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Oh, you know
1: what? You know, you know what I thought of because I was trying to think of big Diamondbacks like players, and it made me think of the Dansby Swanson trade. Even I mean, I know he wasn't Diamondback, but they drafted him. Right. And I, yeah. thought about, you know what that trade was? It was Shelby Miller for Dansby Swanson and who? Do you know?
0: Dansby Swanson and and this is to
1: the Braves. Yeah, two guys went from the Diamondbacks to the Braves. Was it Tehran? No. no so, so, it was Ender and Ciarte, who I'm sure you remember. Okay. Aaron Blair. Remember when he was the, the next big thing?
0: The Braves have that guy every year. Every year, it's like, this is their new ace.
1: Yeah. Ian Anderson, Sean Newcomb, <laughs> yeah. Bryce Kyle Elder, yeah. Mike Yeah, Fulnevitz,
0: yeah Yeah. You know? uh,
1: uh, Aaron Blair was a good name. <laughs>
0: yeah. We're running out of time, so All thanks right. for sticking with us through this Phillies post-mortem. Uh, I, I don't want to oversell this too much, but you know, there is a player who I know who has post-mortem the Philly several times, uh, former Marlin, um, mm-hmm. and many say his name is Dan Ugla. Okay. I don't know if the soundboard working, so we've got to do what we got to do. Um, and guys, Dan Ugla wanted me to inform you that he will see you on the next one.